You know, I think a lot of times most of us realize who God is. I think a lot of times most of us don't realize who we are in Christ. I want you to think about what was said in Genesis when man was created. God said, we will create them in the image of God. We have been created in the image of God. Now, I know probably most of you, like myself, feel at times that didn't really look like God. But as we have accepted Christ, he's in there. And he wants to come out. His desire is that he would be seen through us. You know, I've been thinking about the scripture that talks about Jesus said, you know, I must go away. And if I go away, you know, comfort will come. But then he talks about, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. And that's always kind of got me. How can we do greater works than Jesus himself? But I think I've kind of come to an understanding of how that's possible. I want you to turn with me this morning to 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16 to begin with. Know ye not, or do ye not know that you are the temple of God. Mentioned last week, we were talking about Second uh, or Chronicles, excuse me, seven fourteen and thirteen, and talking about the building of the house of God. And I mentioned then that you are that house, the spiritual house of God. You know, I can't prove it, but I, I can just imagine in my heart that if we had not sinned, there would have never been a temple built. We would have been that temple of God. Glorious to the glory of God. But don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? I want you to think about this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God dwells in you. You are the temple of God. If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. What's that say? You are holy. You are the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in you. And as long as you don't defile that temple, you are holy. That's what God thinks of us. We were created in His image. We threw it away. Jesus came and died for us and said, Okay, I'll make you my temple. I'll make you the place where I reside where my presence is, where my glory is. If only you'll let me. If you only allow me to be your God, 
I want you to think about the temple of God and its glory and its beauty. It was designed. The whole inside of it was gold. You know what happens to you when Christ comes into your heart? You turn to gold. Your inside is gold. There's still wood in there. Speaking of the natural man, the inside of the temple was covered with wood. We're still here. We're still human. But when God sees us, he sees gold. We are his temple. He dwells in us. He dwells in us individually and corporately. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to just talk about this temple a little bit. In Genesis, there's a story of a man named Abraham and his son Isaac. And if you know the story, God told Abraham, I want you to offer Isaac to me as a sacrifice. So Abraham loaded up the donkey and his son and took off. And it says in Genesis, I believe it's in chapter 22, you can go there, I didn't write it down, but says that as they were approaching the land, he said he could see the mountain in the distance. He could see the place where the sacrifice would be made. Now, if you know anything about this story, Abraham is a type of the father. Isaac was a type of the son. The father sacrificing his son. But in kind of a twist, Isaac did not have to be sacrificed. There was a substitutionary ram caught in a thicket. And that speaks of Jesus also. But I want you to notice this mountain. It says, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. That's what uh, Abraham said. He said, this place, the name of this place is Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. For in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. There was a situation in the Old Testament when David was king and God had told him, you know, there's, there's no need for you to ever number the children of Israel. I am your God, you know, I will provide. Well, David got a bad thought in his mind. He said, I need to know how many people I've got in my army. And he told his general, Joab, he says, go count them. And Joab says, oh, wait a minute. He said, the Lord will make you a hundred times stronger than who you are. You don't need to do this. But David insisted. And if you know the story, he counted the numbers and Joab actually didn't count some of the tribes because he was so upset with what David was doing. But what David did displeased the Lord enough that he, uh, in a sense, really got mad at David. And he said, I will give you three choices. And I don't really even remember the three choices, but one of the choices was you can fall into the hands of God for three days. And David said, instead of falling into the hands of man, I remember part of it was the enemies coming into the land and so on and so forth. He said, I would rather fall into the hands of the living God. And as the pestilence went about and began to kill people, uh, finally, the pestilence got to Jerusalem and God looked upon Jerusalem and repented of what he was going to do and, and the, the curse stopped. 
and there had been an angel sent forth to perform all this. Well, the angel stopped on a mount called Moriah in a place called the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David set up altar and built, uh, or I mean, gave offerings to the Lord there, repented of what he had done and, uh, you know, just presented offerings to the Lord. And he decided that was where he was going to build the temple. This is the same mountain that Abraham was led to to offer his son. So the temple was built on this mount. And if you want to know the name of it, it's Mount Moriah. It's also upon this mount that Jesus was sacrificed. In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. That's what Abraham said. He was prophesying of the coming of the Christ. Just as he was, in a sense, prophesying of the Christ with the offering of his son. So we see that this is a special place where the temple is built. You are built as a temple upon the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are being built together, a building fitly framed together for God, the temple of God. I want to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 3 and just read a little bit about this temple. Kind of give you some insights of what God thinks about us and what we should be as a temple of God. Or maybe even how we come about being that temple of God. Second Chronicles 3, and I'm going to start with verse 1. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord, or the temple of God, at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And he began to build in the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. Now these are the things wherein Solomon was instructed for the building of the house of God. The length by cubits after the first measure was three score cubits, 90 feet long, and the breadth 20 cubits, 30 feet wide. And the porch, I want you to notice this. This is really interesting. And the porch that was in front of the house, the length of it was according to the breadth of the house. In other words, it was 20 cubits long. And the height was 120 cubits high, and he overlaid it within with pure gold. Just think about this. Here's a structure, 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and it was actually 45 feet high. On the front of it is a porch that is 180 feet tall. Kind of a striking (laughs) creation there in a sense. But it really has significance. 120 cubits. 120 speaks of the end of all flesh. If you want to go to Genesis 6-3, you'll see in there that God is dealing with man and how man has become corrupt. And he says, you know, the end of all flesh is before me. My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he is flesh. But his days shall be 120 years. 120 speaks of the end of all flesh. 
And I want you to think about this. This porch is an entry into the temple. You know, so not only are we in the temple, but we are the temple. <laughs> Who goes into the temple? Priests. I want you to think about that. Jesus is a priest king. We're a temple priest. <laughs> we are the temple, but we are also priests in the service of God. So we must enter in. And how do you enter into the temple or be part of the temple? By putting away all flesh. By accepting Christ into your life and living according to his commands and his precepts. So we see here the entering in. Jesus is the way. We've made the way. At the end of all flesh, you've, made the, you've met the way. Now we need to enter into the truth into the holy place. As priests, you are allowed to go into the holy place. Nobody else can go into the holy place. No one else can be part of the temple except for the priests. You are priests, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But I want you to notice, as the priests go in, what is in there? What were the priests about? They were servants. They served God. There were three Articles of furniture within the holy place. There was a candlestick fueled by oil. That should stir you a little bit there. There was a table of showbread. There was a table of incense. I want you to think about these three things. A lamp, light, Like I said, it was fed by oil, speaking of the Holy Spirit. There was a table of bread. Bread speaks of the word. There was a table of incense, which speaks of prayer. As priests of God, in the temple of God, when we go into the service of God, there's three things that we need to be doing. We need to be making sure that our lights are full of oil and that they're shining. We need to make sure that there's plenty of bread or plenty of the word in there. And we need to make sure that there's a lot of prayers going up. Very simple. To be a priest. Not so easy to do. Sometimes we don't pray so well. Sometimes we don't get into our words so well. Sometimes we don't let our light shine so well or keep it full of oil. But that's what it takes to be in to the holy place. Now, as you know, in the Jewish tradition, no one could go into the most holy place except for the high priest. But they've got good news. We have a high priest that went in. And when he went in, he split the curtain. So now anyone who gets into the Holy place can go into the most holy place. So not only are we priests, but we are the temple. I want you to just think about this temple. Inlaid with gold inside. The boards that were, there was cedar boards on the wall, and I believe fir boards on the floor, but the walls were carved with pictures of angels and flowers and different things. And there were jewels set within the gold. So I want you to just imagine this, when the, the light was lit inside there, what it looked like. Probably a lot like maybe heaven's going to look like. I don't know. 
But that's what God thinks of you. When you accept him, that's what you look like to God on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talking about the end of all flesh and entering in, and John said, I must decrease, but he must increase. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, I die daily. We've got to get that attitude in our hearts that everything needs to be about Jesus. He is the preeminent one. Must put the flesh to death to access or enter the temple or to become part of the temple. I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Start with verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, putting away the flesh, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. I want you to notice this. To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also as lively stones... If you know anything about the temple, it was built of stones. Built with stones on the outside, that was seen. What was seen inside was wood and gold. You also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion the chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth in him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. In other words, the temple of God is built upon Jesus Christ. We are built upon Jesus Christ. He is the first stone that was laid. He is the head of the corner. As a stone of stumbling and as a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. I want you to notice this, but you are a chosen generation. Do you realize that the priests were chosen? Not by man, by God. God appointed them. The Bible says that many are called, few are chosen. Those that are chosen are priests. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in the time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but have now, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. The temple was built for God to dwell in, but really what it did was glorify God by its presence. And that's just what it says we are to do. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what the temple of God does. 
It brings forth praise to God. It's a place where God's spirit dwells. It's a place. It was a center of activity in Jerusalem or in Israel even. It's where all their business in a sense was taken care of because they were supposed to be a godly nation, a kingdom of priests. But they went there often to do their sacrifices and their special gatherings. As the temple of God, as we really truly begin to be the temple of God, people will be drawn to us. Because they will see the presence of God in the place. Hallelujah. So I want you to begin to think about who you are. Yes, we were created in the image of God, but God has made us into his temple. A beautiful structure that brings forth the praises to God. Hallelujah. We don't want to defile the temple. We want to live holy and righteous before God, bringing glory to God as His temple. The Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you. So that's why Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do, because you have Jesus, I have Jesus. Together we have Jesus, but I don't know how God does it, but He does it. He has multiplied His presence within our lives, and each and every one of us can have that fullness of God. Just as Jesus walked upon this earth, you can be Jesus, I can be Jesus in this world. Hallelujah. So I want you just to get this into your heart and mind that you are the temple of God. You are the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you for your word this morning. Lord, may we realize who we are to you. Lord, this is what you have said about us, that we are the temple of God. Your spirit lives within us. Hallelujah. Lord, you've built us to bring praise and glory to your name, that the presence of God might dwell in us. Hallelujah that the beauty and splendor of the first temple might be seen in our lives. I just thank you, Lord, that you've created us with such a testimony, such a job set before us, Lord. Hallelujah. That we can be your temple. May we not defile it, but may we bring honor to your name. Hallelujah, Lord, for your word says if we defile it, you will destroy us. We do not want to be with those that are destroyed, Lord. We want to bring honor and glory to your name. Lord, I just thank you for your word. Just pray, Lord, that it has taken root within our hearts. And as we meditate upon it through the week, Lord, you will give us revelation into what it really means. We love you and give you praise, Lord. Just go with us. Let your peace rest upon us. Lord, make us bold as lions in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed this morning.